0: Welcome to another podcast by InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.
1: I'm your host, Tommy, actually joined by Greg Barnes. And Greg, I know you were at the Jamboree Sunday. Not a whole lot of other people were there. Lower bowl, not quite full. But Carolina put on a show along with East Carolina and UNC Greensboro and UNCW, just your overall view of the event before we dig down into the uh, nitty gritty.
0: Yeah, I thought it was a a great design of an event. I think the fact that you've got four local schools that have ties to North Carolina. You know, Leba, of course, played for for Dean back in the late '80s. He was playing when I think Roy was there maybe through his junior year before he left for Kansas. Uh, CB of course played for Roy at Kansas and then was on his coaching staff for I think 18 years, last 14 at, at UNC and then Wes Miller of course you come into North Carolina from James Madison and played and started on that 07 ACC you know, tournament championship team so you know, a lot of uh, unique pulls there and I think the design was was interesting. It had six periods. Each of them ran about 13 to 14 minutes. They used a running clock for the first 10 minutes, and then after that, they they would announce that it was you know, standard game time. So they would utilize you know, game stoppages whenever you know a turnover occur- occurred or a, a dead ball situation. And I think it was uh, I think it was neat. They, they did a good job with it. UNC Wilmington uh, had had a big crowd there. Uh, they were pretty pretty jazzed up for, for their periods. You know, it would have been nice as you, as you mentioned to see a bigger crowd. Uh, I, I went into that thinking, Hey, maybe you know, it may not be full, but maybe they have you know, 15, 16,000 people here, uh, to raise money for disaster relief. It, it was, it was not near that many. Um, you know, the, the lower bowl w- was not full, but you know, that the intent was good. And I think there was, there, it was kind of a unique setup. Uh, for for what they, they they planned, and the fact that, as I said, you you get some former North Carolina guys in there, that that kind of speaks to the legacy that, that Dean Smith started, and uh, just the fact that that all four coaches, you know, are from this state. I think that's that's very neat.
1: Yeah, and I think the post game press conference is something people ought to check out in full. It's rare that you see this type of atmosphere. I think with the you know the UNC family certainly in full effect. One way or another. Now, Roy Williams is big on that. And so he brought this together. And I agree, it should have been more full, but any money to help the folks that that money is going to is certainly uh, something that a lot of people need. So it's it's definitely a good thing. And maybe it'll build if they try to do it again next year and however they want to do it. But let's talk about a little bit Carolina specifically. In period one, they went up against East Carolina. Your take on the lineups and the way you know, these sessions were played, a lot of folks said you know, it, you know it had weird lineups and all it. looked like Roy Williams was experimenting. Your thoughts on that, and then how did Carolina look in that first setting?
0: Well, first thing, let's say this. going back to that exhibition game, what Roy Williams had told us in the days before is that he hadn't even really thought about lineup combinations. He was just letting guys play without any Pressure on them, really, and however they played after that exhibition, he would start kind of tinkering with lineups and what the Jamboree showed us is that uh, while it's been over a week since that exhibition, he has not made a lot of progress in terms of trying to figure out exactly what he wants to do and and as he said after after the event, it, it, clearly this is going to be a much better team with, with Joel Barry at the point, but everybody else really needs to kind of step up and, and play better. Cameron Johnson. I thought he played pretty well for the entire event as well as, as Luke May. But I don't know that you could say that for pretty much everybody else. There are some, some good moments, some bad moments. So he, he very clearly is still in this kind of filling it out process. That that puts a, uh, puts a lot of pressure on these next couple of days because the season opener is Friday night. Um, not that they have to have everything ironed out by then because they won't. But I think the fact that he tinkered so much on Sunday is us a pretty good indication that he, ha- he has a lot of uh, figuring out to do. Now, in terms of that that first period, they started the same lineup that started uh, in the exhibition game against Barton, which was you know Seventh Woods in place of Barry, Penson at the two, Cameron Johnson at the three, Luke May at the four, Garrison Brooks you know, at the five. And so it would not surprise me if that's the lineup that we actually see on opening night. Uh, and in North Carolina, they played okay that period. They fell behind and had to kind of, kind of rally. I, th- I thought it was was unique that Garrison Brooks scored the the period winning basket. Uh, May found him from the top of the key. He, he worked down on the block and had a little bit of a drop step for a uh, for a score. So he's got some post moves. But you know, Seventh Woods struggled in this exhibition game. He struggled again on Sunday in that first period against ECU. He didn't score, but he had two turnovers against one assist. That's not going to get it done uh, for Roy. So he's got to elevate his play. But, you know, Andrew Playtech is the guy that came in. He looked solid in that first period. And he actually had six points, I believe, in the, in the final stanza. So uh, some, some some good moments, But I, but I think the fact that the starting five in this group struggled the way they did. It kind of indicates what Roy said about some guys really needing to, to elevate their play and play better, and I think that starts with, with Seventh Woods.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the level of competition. I mean, folks don't understand. I've seen the message boards. They talk about oh, Carolina lost to UNCG. Oh, it's trouble. First off, without Joe Barry, completely different team from North Carolina, and it's not even close. Um, Your opinion on that is also the talent level that these guys were going against. I mean, East Carolina, UNCG, UNCW, they've got some players that can cause some problems. Now, they just don't have enough of them. So your thoughts on that as far as how Carolina looked given that level of competition and also without Barry?
0: Yeah, I think what people need to understand about both the exhibition game against Barton as well as what we saw on Sunday is that these are glorified practices. They don't count. And we can get into what happened in period two in a moment. But Roy really was using different rotations. And when you add the fact in that when Roy Williams coaches a game, he coaches for 40 minutes. I mean, I don't know how many times, countless times, we've seen a team that's not near as good as North Carolina come into the Dean Dome and be competitive for the first 10 to 15 minutes. And then North Carolina kind of figures out what they're trying to do. They t- tire them out, they wear them down. And then the next thing you know, it's a 40 point game. Uh, these were 13 to 14 minute periods. And the first period, for example, look at the second lineup that he had in there. I mean, it was Brandon Robinson, Luke Felton Playtech, and then Huffman and Sterling Manley. That was the five that he rolled with for a while. So I mean, when you factor that in, I mean, those are all young guys. All, you know, everybody but Robinson kind of getting their first experience. So, very much just a, a glorified practice. And you, these teams, kind of to your point, are much better than, than Barton College. I mean, these are these are legitimate programs. UNCG is coming off one of the, the best seasons that they've they've ever had, uh, and you know, UNCW, of course, has had plenty of success the last couple of years under Kevin Keats which is why he's at NC State. You know, and Lebo's done a decent job at ECU. So uh, these aren't hacked teams. But for sure, you don't want to ter- try to read too much off of your know, brief practice periods uh, against you know, local teams that, that have some players but, but aren't at the caliber of North Carolina's team.
1: Yeah, and the value of playing against somebody other than yourself. It's right. always We always hear it, in, especially on the football side of things. You know, the offense looks great. Oh, they're doing it against their own defense and vice versa. So, Roy Williams gets to tinker with lineups and gets guys playing time and gets guys playing without Barry, without being able to look at Barry saying, save us, you know, that we'll see a plenty this season.
0: CB McGrath, kind of to your point, he made a great comment after the game saying, hey, you know, this is an opportunity for our kids to play in front of a crowd, which for them is a big crowd and to play against three different teams. So you're getting three different looks for you know, a couple different periods. You, you have to play in a, a big venue. And so it, it allows you to kind of work through some of these early early season jitters. And even for guys that have played before. Uh, but I remember you know, after the Barton game, Roy made the quip about you know, Garrison Brooks early in the game got fouled and had to go to the free throw line. And I think he missed both of them. And Roy asked him, he said, were you nervous? He was like, oh, uh, yeah. Because it's the first time playing in that kind of setting, so any any opportunities like that is a positive. And again, you got to reiterate the fact: this is an exhibition situation; these games don't count. So it's it's designed to do a lot more things than just just worrying about getting the win.
1: Absolutely, and let's talk about the the period against UNC Greensboro just a little bit. And I think you made a great point about Coach Williams coaching for forty minutes and how. Yeah, you're right. Countless times we've seen teams that have no business being on the same floor as North Carolina talent wise, but have hung around for even, you know, through the first half. But UNCG managed to sustain it for what was it, 12 minutes, 13 minutes on Sunday and Carolina did not shoot it well. The Spartans shot it very well. Just talk a little bit about that period and what you saw out there from the, you know, the the lineups that were out there. You know, I see. Shay Rush gets a lot of time. Walker Miller gets a lot of time. I mean, your take on uh, UNCG and Carolina in period four. Yeah, you know, Walker Miller
0: played five minutes of the 13. And you know, that's the kid that he may play some uh, in spot duty this year, but you know, likely not going to be a, uh, a key factor you know, when it matters. And I think that's neat just because he played against his brother. That was a a pretty neat dynamic for him and for that Miller family.
1: Yeah, who can ever – who can say that? Right.
0: And a a great question from a uh, a UNCG reporter after the game was asking Wes, how do you lose a recruiting battle for your brother uh, (laughs) to to UNC? And uh, Wes, of course, said, well, it really wasn't even a battle. He just decided he wanted to come to North Carolina. But two things about this period in particular. One, we saw a different starting five with Kenny Williams coming in for Theo at the two and Felton coming in for for Woods. And Felton has that playmaking ability. We haven't seen it yet in the the practice we got to see, the exhibition game or this event, in terms of scoring. um, Although against UNCW in that final period, he had some splash plays at the end where he weren't able to convert in transition. But the kid can pass. He's got incredible court vision, uh, better than anybody else on the team that I've seen thus far. And Maybe Pinson's up there with him because Pinson has some of those unique passes. Uh, but definitely better than, than Barry and, and Woods, just in terms of being able to see the court. So his progression in that regard is going to be uh, fun to watch. But really the, the issue with this period is that North Carolina allowed UNCG to, to shoot 67%. Uh, you know Roy Williams w- was furious about that aspect. And when you consider that UNCG was seven of ten from, from long range. So it's not like they were tearing them up in, in the in the pro in the post. Uh, but they had to play with a, a more of a sense of urgency. And we didn't see that in that second period. And that's one of the reasons that UNCG was able to jump out to I think it was a 22 14 lead and North Carolina wasn't able to come back. The other thing I would add is that this is the period uh, with with UNC trailing by five and three minutes to play, that Roy decided to go back to a starting lineup, except he made an adjustment. And he put, instead of putting Felton out there at point, he brought Theo in at the point, which to me says a couple things. One, there's a lot of trust there. Two, he's not exactly happy with how Woods and Felton have been playing. And you know, when Barry comes back, it's not really going to be an issue, but just the fact of, of letting Pinson play in that role – he did do a great job, but you know it's, it's, it's an opportunity for him to be able to play. We've talked before about you. Know, Marcus Gignard uh, played spot duty and actually had to play a lot against Virginia on the road uh, when there were some injuries to, I guess, Lawson and maybe Bobby Frazier. So you know, opportunity to get some playing time in that situation. But they were not able to kind of rally to come back. But Roy really was furious about the effort, especially on the defensive end. Which prompted uh, kind of a, a chewing out session in the locker room, and CB McGrath was was none too happy that that occurred right before UNC played his team.
1: Yeah, and, and UNCW toted a butt kicking in right. the final period. What do you see differently? Did you see a team, you know, from period four to period six, completely different Carolina team? I think it teaches them that effort and defense. Matter, and what better way to get it against other teams? So, your thoughts on that session where they just took the Seahawks to the woodshed?
0: Yeah, and I, I think I think we saw what a lot of us expected to see, and and heavy doses this year because Roy started that small lineup, and with, with Penson and Felton and Cameron Johnson and Kenny Williams and, and Luke May out there together, uh, UNCW just could not match that energy. You could just sense it. I mean, you could feel it, and, and the crowd. The crowd got into it. Pinson and Felton were, were running up and down the court. You know, the first two possessions. You know, Kenny Williams has the ball in transition, attacking the rim, and they also were able to utilize their their full court trap a little bit. And so, that's going to be a weapon for Roy Williams to use. How much he uses it, he remains to be seen. He's going to give those young guys in the post plenty of time, and when I say plenty of time. He's going to give them months to be able to prove to him that they can play in the traditional lineup because that is what he wants to do. But if they cannot do that, he can lead on the small lineup more than he has to. But you're going to see this at crucial times. He's gotten pretty good the last couple of years of switching that small lineup whenever he needs a change of pace. He needs a spark. Uh, but they played you know, tremendously better on the defensive end. They forced seven turnovers. And really kind of got after it. And what I like more than anything is that when he finally got out of that small lineup and went back to his traditional with the young guys, I mean, we're talking Walker Miller, Huffman, B-Rob, Playtech, and Seventh Woods, those guys fed off of what that small lineup did. And they played with a ton of energy. And when the small lineup left the game, it was only 17-11. But a few minutes later, it's 34-17. Uh, and you know, by that time, you know, North Carolina was rolling along. So, just the energy level, kind of like you said, the fact that you know, when they play with defense, with that defensive intensity, and you know, we've seen it in the Final Fours over the year where they won national titles. We saw it last year in Phoenix. Uh, this team, you know, has enough athleticism. They're so good in transition; they can they can play with anybody. But when they get sluggish and when they don't play with that intensity. Uh, They can really get exposed. And so, uh, like you said, it's it's a good lesson. Some of these guys don't need the lesson, but a lot of these young guys do. Uh, And so it's going to be a learning curve for them kind of playing up to that standard that that Roy Williams demands.
1: You're listening to the Inside Carolina Radio Show. We'll be right back after these messages. Some brands offer you low finance or cashback or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Cajar, with 1.91%
0: APR and 1,000 euro cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie.
1: Season starts on Friday, as you mentioned. You think Roy Williams has a clue about how he'll do it. Uh, how he'll do his lineup after this jamboree. You think that that helped at any at all?
0: <laughs> I'm, I'm sure it did help. There's no doubt about that. But I would, I found, it, I found it fascinating that as he's going through these periods, he's pulling a note card out of his shirt pocket, and he's actually reading off his subs. I've never seen him do that. And so that to me says he had specific combinations in mind that he wanted to try out, which, you know, confirms to me that he's still trying to fill himself along a little bit. I suspect we'll see the same starting five with Woods and Pinson um, at the guards against Northern Iowa. But from there, I think it's going to be completely a fill situation and how he fills is going to determine who he puts in the game. Certainly manly, uh, he gave some good minutes on Sunday. So maybe he's the guy that's further along than maybe we thought. Uh, I think Garrison Brooks continues to be the guy that's most far along in the, in the, in the bigs, but you know, Seventh woods, does he have a quick hook? If he doesn't play better, you know, can Felton play with enough defensive effort to earn minutes? All those things remain to be seen. And uh, that's really what's going to be fun in these next couple weeks is seeing exactly what he decides to do because beyond the starting lineup, I really don't think he knows.
1: So Northern Iowa and then Bucknell, and then it gets real on November the 20th going to Stanford or out there in that tournament. So your take on Barry and where he is in his rehab, I know he was out there shooting lefty. Um, thoughts about when he may come back, legit thoughts about when he may come back. I know the speculations out there that it'll be sooner than later, but your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, watching him uh, before the the session and actually on the bench, he's really only got tape around his pinky and, and ring fingers on that right hand, which indicates to me that he's not quite ready to return, but he's pretty close. So the question is, do you try to rush him back and let him play against Stanford? Or do you wait and take that most of that week maybe even let him skip the, the opening game at the PK-80, which I believe is against Portland, uh, and then get him ready for that, that semifinal game. I would assume that's the approach. That's when I expect to see him is that second game in Portland. Maybe they bring him back for Stanford. Yeah, it's possible he's ready. But you know, give him another five, six days just to make sure there's no concerns. There's no reason to rush it. But I think by the time you get to Portland, there's a lot of big names out there. You want to really test your team. You want to see, okay, Joel Berry is a preseason All-America. Uh, we add him to this lineup. How, how well does he elevate the play of those around him? Because clearly right now, North Carolina needs that. They need him to come in and, and make everybody else play better. He's the type of player that can do that with his competitive drive and with his toughness. And so that's kind of what I'm expecting. I wouldn't be surprised if he plays at Stanford, but if if he doesn't play there, I suspect it will be that second game in Portland.
1: Good stuff, Greg. I know it's a busy week for you. Carolina and Pittsburgh at Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Football, Carolina Northern Iowa back in the Smith Center. You've got both of them, and we'll talk again for the Inside Carolina Podcast and the WCHL Inside Carolina Tailgate Show. Just crazy time of year, football and basketball in full swing. Greg, I know you love it.
0: Uh, absolutely. <laughs> this, is the, this is the fun time of year. It wears you down, but it's, uh, it's a blast.
1: Good stuff. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Debbie.
0: Thanks for listening to InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports, your home for Tar Heel football, basketball, and recruiting.